Chapter Sixteen of The Dude Wrangler by Caroline Lockhart. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter Sixteen, The Exodus. Never had Mister Cone put in such a summer. The lines in his forehead looked as if they had been made with a harrow, and there were times when his eyes had the expression of a hunted animal, pacifying disgruntled guests was now as much a part of the daily routine as making out the menus. In the halcyon days, when a guest had a complaint, he made it aside, delicately, as a suggestion. Now he made a point of dressing Mr. Cone down publicly. In truth, baiting the landlord seemed to be in the nature of a recreation with the guests of the colonial. Threats to leave were of common occurrence, and Mr. Cone longed to be once more in a position to tell them calmly to use their own pleasure in the matter but what with high taxes excessive wages extensive improvements still to be paid for prudence kept him silent the only way in which he could explain the metamorphosis was that the guests were imbued with a spirit of discontent that prevailed throughout the world in the years following the war the theory did not make his position easier however nor alter the fact that he all but fell to trembling when a patron approached to leave his key or get a drink of ice water at the cooler as he lay awake wondering what next they would find to complain of he framed splendid answers dignified yet stinging but when the time came to use them he remembered his expenses and his courage always failed him in his heart he felt that this could not go on forever. Some day, someone would speak just the right word, and he would surprise them. He had come to listen with comparative equanimity to the statement that his hotel was badly managed, the service poor, and the food the worst served on the beachfront. But there was the very strong possibility that someone would inadvertently touch a sensitive nerve, and he would fly off the handle when that happened mr cone dreaded the outcome such were conditions at the colonial when the folders arrived announcing the opening of the lolabama ranch to tourists the name meaning happy wigwam misters mcpherson and fripp it stated were booking guests for the remainder of the season and urged those who had a taste for the great outdoors to consider what they had to offer the folders created a sensation. They came in the morning after a night of excessive heat and humidity. The guests found them in their mail when, fishy-eyed and irritable, they went in to breakfast. A new elevator boy who had jarred them by the violence of his stops had not improved their tempers. Therefore, few of them failed to comment to Mr. Cone upon the increasing wretchedness of the service. While they fanned themselves and prophesied a day that was going to be a scorcher, they read of a country where the nights were so cool that blankets were necessary, where the air was so invigorating that languor was unheard of, with such a variety of scenery that the eye never wearied. There were salt baths that made the old young again, big game in the mountains for the adventurous, fishing with bait, in untold quantities saddle horses for equestrians innumerable walks for pedestrians 
an excellent table provided with the best the market offered and finally a tour of the yellowstone park under the personal guidance of the hosts of the lolabama in a stagecoach drawn by four horses by motor or on horseback as suited their pleasure small wonder that life on the colonial veranda suddenly looked tame after reading the folder and studying the pictures their discontent took the form of an increasing desire to nag mr cone vaguely they held him responsible for the heat the humidity the monotony of the ocean and their loss of appetite due to lack of exercise on an impulse mr henry apple after consulting with his wife got up abruptly and went inside for the purpose of having a plain talk with mr cone mr cone who was making out the weekly bills pretended not to see him until he cleared his throat and said very distinctly may i have your attention mr cone quaking mr cone stepped forward briskly and apologized ignoring the apology mr apple began impressively you cannot have failed to see mr cohen that my wife and i have been thoroughly dissatisfied this summer as we have been at no great pains to conceal it we have been coming here for twenty-two seasons but we feel that we cannot put up with things any longer and are hereby giving you notice that next thursday our room will be at your disposal is it anything in particular anything which i can remedy perhaps you will reconsider mr cone pleaded looking from one to the other last night at dinner mrs apple eyed him accusingly i found an eye-winker in the hard sauce mr cone stammered i'm very sorry it was not my eye-winker some things will happen i will speak to the pastry cook and ask him to be careful Mr. Budlong, who had come in to lay his grievance before Mr. Cone, interrupted. For two mornings, Mrs. Budlong and myself have been awakened by the man with the vacuum cleaner, who has wanted to work in our room before we were out of it. I should judge, he said, asked Lee, that you recruit your servants from the home for the feeble-minded, and personally, I am sick of it it is almost impossible to get competent help mr cone protested the man shall be discharged and i promise you no further annoyance mr budlong nudged by his wife was not to be placated our week is up monday and we are leaving mrs mattie gasket encouraged by the conversation to which she had listened declared with asperity there has been fuzz under my bed for exactly one week mr cone and i have not called the maid's attention to it because i wished to see how long it would remain there i have no reason to believe that it will be removed this summer i am sure it is not necessary to tell you that such filth is unsanitary i have decided that you can make out my bill at your earliest convenience but miss gaskett she ignored the protesting hand which mr cone panic-stricken extended and made way for a widow from baltimore who informed him that her 
dripped and her rocking chair squeaked and since no attention had been paid to her complaints she was making other arrangements it was useless for mr cone to explain that with the plumbers striking for living wages and the furniture repairers behind with their work it had been impossible to attend immediately to these matters ruin confronted mr cone as he argued and begged them not to act hastily but something of the mob spirit had taken possession of the guests in front of the desk who stood and glowered at him and his conciliatory attitude his obsequiousness only added to it if nothing else had happened to strain mr cone's self-control further he and his guests might have separated with at least a semblance of good feeling but the fatal word which he had feared in his forebodings came from mrs j harry stott who majestically descended the broad staircase carrying before her a small reddish-brown insect impaled on a darning needle she walked to the desk and presented it for mr cone's consideration it was a most indelicate action but the knowledge that it was such did not lessen the horror with which the guests regarded it aghast speechless mr cone one of whose proudest boasts had been of the hotel's cleanliness could not have been more shocked if he had learned that he was a leper there were shudders ejaculations and a general determination to leave even sooner than anticipated where did you find it mr cone finally managed to ask hoarsely walking on my pillow replied mrs stock dramatically and i think there are others if you will see that my trunks get off on the four seventeen i shall be obliged to you mr cone knew it was coming he felt the symptoms which warned him that he was going to fly off the handle he leaned over the counter mrs stott's eyes were so close together that like cyclops she seemed to have but one and they had the appearance of growing even closer as mr cone looked into them do not give yourself any concern on that score madam your trunks will be at the station as soon as they are ready and it will please me if you follow them for twelve years i have been pretending not to know that you use the hotel soap to do your washing in the bathtub and it is a relief to mention it to you and miss gasket the deadly coldness of his voice made her shiver i doubt if the fuzz under your bed has troubled you as much as the fact that for three summers your cat has had kittens in the linen closet has annoyed me the baltimore widow had his attention it is possible that the drip from your faucet and the squeak in your rocking-chair gets on your nerves my dear lady but not more than your daily caterwauling on the hotel piano gets on mine i shall miss your check certainly mr apple but not nearly so much as i shall enjoy the relief from listening to the story of the way you got your start as a breaker boy in the coal region he bowed with the irony of mephistopheles to mrs budlong instead of discharging the man with the vacuum cleaner i shall give him for his large family 
the cake and fruit you would have carried away from the table in your capacious pocket if you had been here. His eyes swept them all. He would have given Mr. Buglong his attention, but that person's vanishing back was all he could see of him, so he turned to the others and shouted, Go! The sooner the better! Get out of my sight, the lot of you! I'm going to a rescue! His hand traveled toward the potato he used as a pen wiper, and there was something so significant in the action when taken in connection with his menacing expression that, without a word, they obeyed him. End of chapter 16